0: collectors and a curious we're all pretty excited to be here we've got a nice group going for ricardo's 60th episode of tuesday feels told our friends followers anyone new here let us know where you're watching from in the youtube chat or um why don't you comment one of your favorite things about our show and we'll be sure to watch a chat throughout uh beyond live shows just like this you guys can watch all of our reinventing network shows art jams, drawing groups, interviews, panels, and webinars on our website at ReinventingTheTattoo.com, our YouTube channel, as well as the new Roku channel. Um, If you haven't checked us out on Roku yet, you can find it by searching for Reinventing the Tattoo on your Roku device for 24-7 streaming content. This is really nice to put on in the background for yourself and your clients while you're tattooing. Um, Yeah, lots of stuff. We have several weekly shows and drawing groups that are happening literally every day. If you're watching, you're welcome to tune in or join the Zoom call with us. The link to that Zoom is easy to find. Um, All you have to do is go to reinventingthetattoo.com, scroll down to our calendar and the Zoom links are right in there. If you guys are just here to watch, uh, the YouTube channel is set up for reminders about all of these upcoming events. Uh, Sundays at one, we have Skill Building Sundays led by Jason Leeser, who is with us, I believe so already. Uh, Monday mornings start early at nine with Drawing for tattooers led by James Wisdom. Right after that at 11, you can join myself, Gabe Ripley and Jake Meeks of Fireside Tattoo to talk about what's going on in the world of tattooing when we have also frequent special guests. Next week will be Tara Quinn. Later on at five is Robbie Rapole's Let's Talk About Feelings. And at 9 p.m. is a Reinventing Evolution class. And yeah, that's a lot of uh, information about that can be found um, about our canon on reinventingthetattoo.com. Um, also Tuesdays right here at 10 is Ricardo Surtivan's Tuesday Feelings. Wednesdays at noon is our Tattoo Now show followed by our business course every other Wednesday at one. As you guys know, also right here on Thursdays at 6 is Tattoo Collecting 101, streamed live from True Tattoo Supply in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, before we kick off, we'll just shout out some of our sponsors today for helping us get this content out to you guys. We've got World Tattoo Events, the best resource for tattoo events in the world. We've got D-Lies Pro, um, helping protect their art. Of course, a Tattoo Now. Thanks, Gabe, for the all the stuff that you're working on uh, helping tattooers and the inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. Guy Aitchison. Um, you can find his Biomech Encyclopedia, Machines, Paintings, and more on his website at guyhsn.com. Also, thanks to our affiliates, the Fireside Tattoo, Apprenticeship Diaries, and Eco-Friendly Tattoo Spies.com. All right. Well, guys, uh, we've got a good little group going. Uh, Jason, I haven't seen your beautiful face yet, but good morning. Amber, good morning, Fawn. How's morning. it going? i
1: pretty good. Hello, everybody. How's everybody's day today?
0: Pretty good. Good.
1: Nice to hear here. Very good to hear. Very good to hear. Jason, the man, the myth, the legend.
2: <laughs> I have not had coffee yet. Oh, okay. Fair warning. That's Alrighty. funny. Happened my yeah. first cup. I'm Me too. You.
3: <laughs> I'm on and my second.
4: Okay, so yeah. that leads us to, uh, shall we be trying to find like a coffee uh people to plug uh, we always go back and forth with sponsors and stuff you guys I want to
0: reinventing coffee <laughs> mm.
2: yeah. one of my yeah. friends has a coffee company we should that's get what i'm thinking like reinventing the tattoo k-cups yes <laughs> okay so uh, high uh,
0: caffeine,
4: like death wish coffee well okay so here's yes. the thing i suppose uh, you guys know the uh, i guess it's some, somewhat tattoo related to uh, billy joe the, the fucking green day guys have yeah. a uh, coffee company and it's awesome, and the, and the they're eco-friendly, biodegradable Keurig fucking things, whatever they're called. I don't even use. I don't. Nine. I don't care about coffee, right? So they they do great coffee. I, I could see what it is inside, or somebody could do a search real quick, maybe. But um, it's great. My, well, my wife has been drinking it for years now. That I almost did some website work for them, but I was like, I don't drink coffee. I don't know. But uh, eco-friendly. They're tattoo, you know, friendly. They're. Wow. Uh... Oh. And when you get answer. done.
2: When you get done with the coffee in them, you can always fill them up with black ink and you can use those as like your dip caps for like 143 (laughs) mags. Yeah,
1: there you go. You'd almost need it. You'd almost need that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. like a a small Dixie cup or something. Or you can just do what uh, an old school guy I used to know do whenever he was using a massive mag. He used to just take the bottle, wrap the bottle in plastic, take the cap off, and then he would just pour ink into the mag as he was working because like it, if you cut the bottom of a solo cup off and use that inevitably you're going to end up wasting more ink not that you're not going to by using a mag that big anyway yeah but you're going to end up going through and wasting so much ink that it's ridiculous so the one way that he found to like get around that like mostly just because he was really stingy um, was to actually just like pick up the bottle and like pour it into the well of the massive mag as he was working.
1: Yeah, that, that's one way to do it, man. That sounds like a lot of, a little bit of like a few extra steps though. I've always yeah. used like those old paper cups, you know what I mean? Like the, the rinse out spit cups that you put at the dentist or something.
2: Dude, I used to go to Wendy's and get like a stack of those like small little ketchup cups.
1: That's the one that I'm talking about. Those yeah, cups. dude.
3: Yeah. The little paper fold-up cups. Right. Those exactly. things were perfect. But you can
5: get whole packs of these medicine cups. You can get like 300 of them for two bucks. Yeah. So, and they're not paper. So you don't have to worry about your ink bleeding through them. But like, I still happen to have, I think somebody, his name was Frazier. I think he left them with me, but I've got these... Have some kit, but I call them hot tubs. They're like hot tubs. Yeah.
4: Oh, nice.
5: Those are awesome. Yeah. They'll have room to spare. So if I'm doing like big blackout work, I'll set up two of these, and that's enough to get me through the night usually. Yeah. So if you look around, there are some really giant ink caps. I've also got some big ones that are like two inches across and maybe like three quarters of an inch deep so they're like wider but shallow those are really really nice um hmm. like i said i'm not sure where Fraser got those I, he just kind of left them when you know he was working with me and then moved on so years but but there I are is,
1: those are awesome they're perfect those big red caps i think i used to get some from icon way back in the day but i'm not even sure if they carry them anymore or not i think it was icon
5: well the I other thing am used to have them too Cool. i've talked about before how we just kind of have to borrow things from other industries like these are like yeah. two like hose ends like um pipe caps uh-huh. yeah pipe caps. Yeah. that's what they're... um yeah. so I'm, and i'm from like i don't know if you have them but other industrial like resource companies would definitely have them and even cheaper than what you would get them for through a tattoo company usually
2: well, nowadays you add the word tattoo to anything and you can mark it up by like 80 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So. For sure. You want yeah. an ink shaker? Cool, $250. Oh, you want a, a laboratory grade test tube agitator? 60 bucks. Do
0: you want a tattoo grade agitator for permanent makeup? One thousand four hundred and seventy-two
2: dollars. Uh huh. Ninety-nine
1: cents. Ninety-nine cents. You got to mark
2: it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, anything for permanent makeups, like double the cost.
3: Oh, I know. And, and like closer to
0: triple.
5: Yeah I, th- yeah, I think you got the the. There's a got to be a little bit of a um, like rhyme and reason to that because the cosmetic. Like the permanent makeup industry has exploded so quickly, like before there were enough practitioners who could do it well. So I think people just started ordering PMU equipment because it wasn't very expensive and they started mutilating each other. So now the whole industry, like, well, hold on. We can't sell these machines for 60 bucks. Well, hold on. We can't sell these little tiny vials of ink this inexpensively. Hold on. We've got to specialize this more.
1: Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Like people taking advantage of of uh, cultures, like tattooing, kind of sucks.
5: Yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny thing within the politics of tattooing right now. Like, technically, is permanent tattoo or is permanent makeup, like cosmetic tattooing, tattooing? Yes, but it's like a whole different culture. It's a whole different set of rules. It's a whole different. You know, I'd love to see somehow for it to be split into two industries altogether, but
0: I don't definitely know. not custom. Really, yeah, no. I don't. I mean, it's a skill. Like you
5: do have to be good at it, do it permanently. But it's not. I don't know. It should be a totally different. It should be. It should be in a category of its own and with its own laws and its own politics and its own everything. But unfortunately, we have to share that pool right now.
1: I agree with you completely. Um,
0: What are you guys all working on?
1: I am looking at some old videos that I've taught uh in the past classes and stuff like that i've had some people reach out and want to know about like some of the uh composition stuff that i do and some of the um the drawing techniques and stuff like that and i thought i'd kind of go over some of the things those things with you guys a little bit later how about you guys what are y'all do working on james good morning happy to see you man
6: hey good morning everybody um yeah i'm uh I'm, I'm just, I'm drawing some, some drawings. I'm just, I'm having a good time, uh, just making some new compositions today. So I have a, I have an appointment later on. Um, but, uh, other than that, I'm, you know, I'm kind of off for the day today. So I can't wait to see your videos, Ricardo, get them all edited up and make them, make them into podcasts or something like that. Yeah yeah for sure man
4: no. um, somebody doing bong hits or something what's, oh jason's no, what's going on there what's the sound back there it's either got to be coffee <laughs> or bong the coffee maker leave me <laughs> alone I'll, okay. I'll, I'll on you. all good all good no 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 it's good i have my teammate in the back and i was just wondering i was like oh man i'm missing out the party
1: <laughs> the coffee maker the is hit. taking bong it's hits not- man <laughs> let's see here um all right well i've had a pretty busy week i've been working on some pretty big pieces recently um and they've been a lot of fun uh the only thing that sucks about it is sometimes they're in such stages of like uh completion that it's hard to get photos of them. you know what i mean so i haven't been able to post too many photos or anything like that lately and that's always kind of a bummer but um here i think i'll just show let me share some of this stuff real quick um See how do you share the screen? Let's go up here. Share content screen. Bear with me. If any of you guys are watching, um, let us know what
0: you're working
3: on too. No surprise, I'm working on some watercolors. You know, I almost set
0: up my
5: watercolors today, Amber. I uh, I no. kind of re- laid out and then I was like brainstorming about what I was going to sketch and what I was going to start. And I was like, you know what? I need to wrap up a couple of these oil paintings I've had going for a while. So yeah. oils.
3: I'm not even really sure what I'm painting. I did an abstract background and now I'm just letting the background decide where the paint's going. I mean, that's the definition
5: of playing, right? Seeing you know yes. what happens and where it goes i love painting like that we've got like i feel like when we tattoo we always have so many goals and so many objectives so it's almost like therapy for me to just start with a blank slate and then just apply color and see what it wants to turn into not like what i want this piece to be but like what it already wants to be what it already is
3: Mm -hmm. it's i'm having such a great time with it
1: It's always fun to do just sit down and start doodling. and I've seen uh, James kind of describe that in his classes about like just doing some circles, some lines and stuff like that getting kind of warmed up and everything. And sometimes you can do that definitely do that with uh, with your paintings and drawings and stuff too. I love it. All right, so let's see here. So first oh, thing
0: that up Ricardo and um, let's all say hi to Atomic and thanks for watching. Hopefully
1: you can join us again soon. What's up uh, dude? been a while man all right so first of all any of the things that i'm going to be talking about right now isn't anything new um i think last week we talked about da vinci and stuff like that in james's class uh and a couple other master painters master artists and stuff like that um so this is kind of where i get some of my information from um you can see the Ventruvia man perfect um, and all these, about about what's that? Um, but this is, is kind of what I base a lot of my composition off of uh, this, this symbol, right? here, this geometric tree of life. Uh, you can see the balance of it inside the human figure. Uh, and this is kind of where I take the ideas for my composition. Um, Let me see here, let me go and get a different brush here. We're going to get this forms. Let's just take an arm, for example. I think I went over this in one other class, but uh, we'll go over it again. Um, Is this okay sideways like this or should I tilt it up the other way?
2: If you can tilt it and rotate it, that would be great. That better? Worse. Okay. Go back. This way. Better.
4: Yep. Cool. Perfect and definitely worth doing. Taking the time to do it. So whoever made that happen, perfect. thank you.
1: So we're gonna go ahead and show this one more time. This symbol right here, the shape here is exactly what I'll use to lay out a composition. You can see how I've matched the points inside of these intersecting angles on the, on the, um, on on this uh, seed of life. I think that there's a good amount of energy that kind of comes through in the the translation of some of these images whenever they're drawn up. Whenever you use this process, I do anyway. So I always make sure and concentrate that same shape. Man, I'm not doing well today. kind of frame things out. We were talking a little bit ago about like discovering where things go. Sometimes staring at a blank piece of paper and things like that are very intimidating. Uh, I find that this helps me out quite a bit whenever I go to lay out my composition for ideas for tattoos. This can be moved around just about anywhere too. go
3: this one.
1: This pattern can be laid out throughout the whole arm. All you do is follow this this same angle and all points should intersect whenever it starts to wrap around the arm or leg or chest, anywhere really. Um, I always end up trying to draw Follow the angles as well. So let's say, like, somebody wants a skull or a face. Mm So you can see how the shoulders are following this, these lines of
3: intersecting angles.
1: Got a little smiley face on this dude. Um. <coughs> But one of the more interesting things that I liked was um, outside of the composition, was breaking down things into simple shapes. I've always talked about this. I've always discussed this with everybody that I've talked to. Jason and I have talked about this pretty extensively. And I think we were talking about it last week too. Jason was like um, taking uh, your ideas and trying to break them down into simple shapes. So that way you can kind of like sketch a little bit faster. You had talked about that a little bit. the first thing that I wanna talk about is simple shapes turning into form. And the only reason that that happens is because we're introducing light into this simple shape, right? So I always try to break things down into three as well. Uh, Three simple shapes. The simpler, the better. That way we don't get lost in a lot of information. I've also found out through the years of tattooing that it helps out uh, hold up the longevity of the tattoo as well. Whenever I do black and gray, I'm primarily trying to focus on black, medium tone, and like a light wash, depending on the skin tone of the person. These simple shapes can turn into these these concepts. Anytime we take any kind of complex image, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna we're gonna blur our eyes at it. And what that's gonna do is it's gonna help us find those simple, simple shapes. <laughs> You can see I kind of like scumbled through these things to kind of show that as an example. Um, I like to call it blocking or scumbling. Um, Let's see if we can't play a little video. Basically what I do is like I go through and do those simple shades like we talked about and start isolating the the shapes into smaller and smaller forms. I also use this as an example as well, these skulls. You can see how I have the composition mapped out. I've shown you where I see those simple geometric angles. I'm using those as anchor points or plotting points to help a proportion and placement relationship to each other. Yeah, so that's basically it.
6: Any questions? No? Okay. <laughs> An elegant solution from a more civilized age. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. Yeah. When James was talking about the symmetry and, or the lack of symmetry in the face the other day, the first thing I thought of was the Vitruvian man.
1: hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's such a rad drawing, the way you broke it all down. Mm-hmm. We think of things like so organically, you know what I mean? Like we think of the form and the and the, uh, the face and like the body and stuff like that in such an organic, in-depth kind of perception, you know what I mean? But when you break it down into all these simple angles, you can really start to see how they relate to each other. And like the only reason that it's looking in form is because of the, the fact that there's light, right? There's no dark without the light. So we we break it down into those simple shapes and it helps us out a lot. It helps me out quite a bit. Um, Let's see.
6: Yeah, I dig it. Have have you ever heard of uh, dynamic symmetry? Have you ever heard of this concept? Uh Uh-uh. Dynamic symmetry? Mm -mm. uh It's very, it's related to what... um, It's related to this, uh, to this sacred geometry that you're talking about. And, uh, and I think, um, and so a lot of, uh, um, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, old paintings are sort of analyzed this way, but I think, you know, uh, a lot of designers still kind of use some of these, uh, some of these ideas too. Um, uh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can share my screen or not, but um, let me see if, I, if I'm allowed to. Ah, cool. I will share. So there's just some examples of uh, of dynamic symmetry. Um, essentially, um, let's see, I think this one, this one kind of shows with within like, you know, building out like a golden section. And yeah. so it uh, starts with squares and then, you know, uh, this is like two squares on top. This, you know, this one here, if I can, if I can zoom in. This one here is basically like two squares on top of each other and where they, you know, this overlapping part is uh, be a golden section. So this would be like a golden rectangle, um, Yeah. but it's, uh, so there's a, I think there's a relationship. Um, there's a relationship to, to, um, to exactly the things that you were talking about. Um, and I just, I find this interesting. I I will lay out, uh, I'll lay out compositions this way, but I'll also use it to sort of divide, like, um, uh, you know, when you want to divide something into thirds or something, let's say um, it's, uh, it can be really hard to like, get out a rule, you know, like get a ruler and do all the mathematics and sort of figure out like how, you know, how, how can I break this down into thirds? Um, but you can of course like you can use geometry and you can, you know, you can apply it to um to any quadrangle, square, rectangle, whatever. And you know, it's it's based on the intersection of the lines. Again, it's a it's it's a it's a technique, it's a it's a it's a math trick, but it's um, you know, once you learn it, it's real easy and you can go through with it. Um But I agree with you wholeheartedly about this, you know, this relationship we share to mathematics, especially in, you know, image making practices.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: it's like uh that's basically what we're basically what we're doing, is sort of organizing maths in a certain way. You know, I, I guess I always felt growing up like I wasn't I wasn't any good at doing math. But yeah, me neither. Was, me like, neither I man. Love <laughs> well, well, that's
4: what, so what they mean. say,
0: like the back the backbone of math is something that I know Ricardo, you're very, very good with is music and um Oh, different
1: types you. of ways that and art such is the same, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something so so pleasing to the ear can be broken down into like scales and things like that, right?
0: Yeah, same principles,
1: yeah, for sure, man. Um, and I think James, what you're showing too is like uh, there's a book I think John Berger wrote it, it's called The Way of Seeing, and I picked that up a while back. It's a real little book, it's it's awesome. If you guys get a chance, pick it up, look it up on the internet, see if you can find it. Um, but it breaks some things down into like the, with the composition, for example, like what you're showing, uh, as far as approaching like a canvas, you know, how, how we're going to make the the image so much more interesting by the placement of the, of the subject matter. You know what I mean? And that, that relates to us as tattoo artists, especially when people come in and they have a plethora, they got like a, a small binder organized full of like these ideas and this one tattoo they want that they want it in like, you know, softball size shape, you know what I mean? So it's up to us to kind of break it down and like one of the things that I do is I always try to think of uh subjects and details in a tattoo in a tertiary kind of way you know what I mean where there's like three main pieces that we want to take away from everything that you want you know we want the main focal point we want secondary and we want the third to kind of be like a relationship uh, as far as tying those first two images together a little bit better you know what I mean um so the, the Omnitrium Perfectum, I think, is what it's called, right? The Rule of Three. That's definitely oh. something that I try, to, I try to follow pretty religiously. And it seems to be effective, you know what I mean? It seems to be pretty, pretty effective whenever you're trying to translate what it is that somebody wants in their tattoo. Especially with, like, um, the idea of trying to become more of a storyteller through the images rather than just, like, a, a copier, you know? or like a copy machine, a fax machine, or whatever it is, you know what I mean, that you could think of as some, in terms of some people bringing you in images and things like that. Mm. Um, I think that we want to try to m- push, I think for me, what I'm trying to do these days is like trying to push push that envelope for myself a little bit more and conveying like emotions and things like that that can come through with an image rather than you having to read it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you've been able to see it and objectively feel an emotion with it. And I think that's one of the things that we can do to um, help out for me to help out with that process.
6: I think there's a lot of intention too. you know, like for instance, you know, like, you know, if you use that like rule of thirds, which I think it, it adds a lot of uh, interest and beauty, you know, you could, um, you know, you may come up with something that has balance rather than symmetry or something. Sometimes people, you know, sometimes are, you know, people really want like something very symmetrical or, you know, like sort of focused, like, a, you know, like, uh, that's always something that I've always heard, like, you have a composition and you put something right in the dead center, the geometrical center of the, of the, uh, you know, of your canvas, your page or whatever body makes it static. Yep. But I mean, it's, but, and that's true, but it's also makes it contemplative, you know, it also makes it sort of powerful. Mm -hmm. you know so we want you know i think maybe maybe it's bringing together both of those things is what you know um uh that actually that actually maybe makes it you know transcendent in some way you know where there is there is both this sort of you know this contemplative (laughs) sort of centeredness with with something dynamic about it um and yeah i yeah there's a lot of geometry that can that can help you get there, rather than stumbling around all the time. We need experiments and stuff, but like you know, uh but then there's been a there's been a lot of a lot of work and a lot of thought that's gone into you know how to how to do these things. And so I th- I don't know, I think you're right. I think there's a think we need to push ourselves and you know look look at the work of others and see how see how that works. Yeah, that might help us. Uh, you know. To go our own way,
1: there was a guy that I knew that was um he, he taught at ISU for a little while in Illinois State University in the art department and um really cool guy. He ended up moving up to Canada and uh, started doing printmaking and things like that and installation art. I think I've talked about this before, but he was talking about how this this idea and this method had been so imprinted on his his uh, perspective of taking in paintings and and how to construct them and things like that and make an effective paintings that every time he went to go look at paintings now all he did was really just like dissect it you know what I mean like that's all he did is would just see nothing but those angles and stuff like that like he couldn't enjoy the painting anymore you know what I mean he was like he hated it so much he's like I, I man his paintings were amazing too they're, they're incredible but and like massive too like these huge wall paintings you know what I mean but like yeah. So it's, it's, it's a fine edge. You know what I mean? It's good to use it as the, as the, the, the structure, the backbone and things like that, but don't get caught too much into it. You know, um, try to stay organic and stuff like that within the process. For sure. I agree.
6: Well, you know, but we're all like, we're tattooers. So like, you know, when you look at a tattoo, like, I mean, I guess, you know, you're going to look at it and think about how it was done. <laughs> you know, what I mean? You're going to think right. about the technical stuff. Um right. so I guess you have to allow yourself to enjoy. Yeah. You know like again you're yeah. gonna you're gonna find all that um, all the technical stuff all the things that like pertain to uh your knowledge. Yeah. But there's that whole that that whole other half of you. So your you know your professor that you're talking about is like um I mean it, I it, he was just he was right there but he was wrong. Yeah. Wrong yeah. not to let himself enjoy
1: yeah you know? exactly yeah brilliant, totally. brilliant yeah. to see that
6: brilliant to be able to like uh to integrate that into his work but he was wrong to not enjoy the beauty mm-hmm. of what others have done yes yeah. that's, that's the lesson probably
1: i think it's one of those things right like it's part of the journey of ourself as a, as a person and as an artist is to to go through those those fumbling points right like those those roadblocks and things like that you know what i mean um and the craziest part, too, is like a lot of it had to do with esteem, like his self-esteem, too. You know, like, I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? And it, it's that was another part of his process, dude. You know what I mean? And I'm sure at some point in time, I don't know about you guys, but there's sometimes I'll just start a drawing, start a painting, and set it aside, and it'll sit there. Like, I literally had a, a this dragon oil painting that I did, sold it over quarantine, and that thing sat in my studio for four years, dude, like no joke, just staring at me. You know what I mean? Every time I walk by, it's like, Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, eventually um, I was just learning oils and things like that. You know what I mean? Then here I am trying to take on this like two by four foot painting, you know what I mean? And like, uh, so I had to learn about some of the glazing techniques and like, and things like that in order to achieve what it was like the overall, the overall like look for the painting, you know what I mean? So until I learned that, then it started falling into place a little bit more but it's just like that, like I could have crumpled it up and thrown it away and never, and never learned through that process. It took four years, but I did it, you know what I mean? Sometimes it just takes a little bit more time. Uh, I do have a question for you guys. So I, I've, I've known a lot of tattoo artists to start with thumbnails and I used to do that too. You know what I mean? And I think what I'm going with here is, I wanted to ask you guys, with the idea of composition, being able to lay out the image that you have in your head. Like for me, it's it's helped me kind of place things in a general shape, in a silhouette almost. Uh, and I'm able to like lay things out a little bit quicker because of that. I'm able to work through the process of where I the placement of the subject matter and things like that. Do you guys think that the thumbnail helps with the composition or do you think it helps with the overall image?
5: I think like, both. Okay. Yeah. Um, for me, for me, that initial thumbnail that I sit and put together because usually I put that together right there with my client and then like I'll build my mock up off of that. But usually I'll have my iPad open with my mock-up and then I'll have my sketchbook open too with that scribbly little thumbnail because like that thumbnail is like our first, it's like our first roadmap towards the idea. You know what I mean? Like that's the first, that's the first directions. Turn right here, turn left there. You know, that's our first like that's the most important parts of the idea that's you know all the little notes that you talk well for me like all the little notes that I talk about on the side like you know what different things represent but like in that thumbnail there's so much more information than just like the scribbly drawing that somebody else would see like sometimes my my thumbnails are literally like I draw like little triangular Christmas trees and stick people but like yeah initial thing right there just kind of like keeps me locked into our initial conversation um but it also kind of like it's just kind of like the anchor for the whole project like all the goals are right there so when I'm looking at this huge daunting sleeve and then I look back over at that scribbly little thumbnail it's like oh no it's only this element this element and this element and then the background no problem you know like I think that thumbnail is like um incredibly crucial like through the whole process for me okay
0: hey guys i'm gonna let uh wit into the room here i think it's her first time on zoom
5: all
1: right
0: let's see if it works out but well said fun nice i'm not the newbie anymore
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm, amber i still feel like a newbie here kidding me
0: this is the (laughs) 60th episode ricardo
1: I can't believe it, man. It's yeah,
2: you're, you're past you're past your 50th episode, man. Like you were no longer in that beginner category.
0: No yeah. more.
1: It's insane. It still feels the same way though. <laughs> oh,
2: Good
1: man. Every time right before the right before we go live, I'm like
2: <sighs>
1: <just breathe. laughs>
2: I'm sure Fawn will tell you that doesn't change. No matter how many of these you do. All
0: of us could attest to that, I think. Everyone here. Absolutely. Maybe it's because I smoke so much before I go
5: live. Like, I'm ready to go and, like, fully in the mode. But, like,
8: it's (laughs)
5: not... Like, the only time it's nerve-wracking is, like, if there's something being glitchy with the technology, which does happen, but usually, like, that's the only thing. Like, I don't know. But then again, I guess I don't have a lick of stage fright, so
1: that's awesome lucky I know tell me about it man because I'm like I sweat bullets like no joke (laughs) like it's it's
5: funny I was sitting there like (laughs) and listening to you talking about of like the design principles that you were sharing today I was reflecting back to like my earliest years my mom uh was a a high style floral designer so she worked with and like the the expensive stuff that not all floral designers have the chance to work with um so like when i go to work with her she'd show me how she would be laying out bases and she'd have like these sketches and these sketches were different geometric layouts and these are just for flowers my mom's six feet tall so she's a tall woman but she makes very tall like grandiose arrangements out of like minimal flowers just because like she's always thinking about when your eye looks at this. what and where are those pops of colors going to be and you know I just remember her and again floral design is totally different from tattooing but the the connection is it's all design and it's all layout and it's all like using those principles of like what are our three main focal point flowers okay so we build the whole arrangement around those three flowers three pops of color um, and the thing is, I've always, I've always just kind of thought that it was, um, like, like innate, like my design and balance, but just listening to you talk and hearing you explain some of the same things and the same ways that she did when I was a little kid. And it just made me realize that it wasn't fairly instinctive. It was just taught so young that I didn't realize that like all of these geometric principles were right there in front of me the whole time. And, you know, like not everybody at the age of three is being explained the principles of balance, you know, but
3: yeah, hmm,
5: just a cool, just a cool connection. I made when you were talking.
1: Well, that's good, man. I'm glad to hear that. That, That's one of the things that trips me out the most about what my observation (laughs) on my life has been is like these little, these little seeds being planted, you know what I mean? And sometimes you don't see that, that blossom or that tree grown until like much, much later. You don't pay attention yep. to it. You know what I mean, and all of a yep. sudden it's just like, boop, it comes from back here and just exits out the mouth or through the eyes or through your hands. You know what I mean? It's incredible. Thanks for sharing that with us. Fun. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah. Hello, Medusa. Hello, Whitney. How's everybody doing?
5: Hello. Oh, we got Medusa too. Hey, Whit. Hi, hey.
7: sorry, I'm a late join. I hit the snooze alarm. And then I turned it off, and then I just <laughs> slept. <laughs>
3: I well, missed being able to do that.
2: Exactly what I did. Well,
0: Medusa, it's been a good show so far. Um, Ricardo was getting uh, technical. I know you probably would have enjoyed, so good that you're here. Yay!
2: Yeah. Whitney? Oh. two running prints, so... Yes. Good
1: morning. Welcome to Zoom. Good morning.
8: Call <laughs> Hello. Sorry I'm a little bit late. I did the same thing with you did. Um, comes early.
1: Where are you coming in from? You go on the west coast uh, as well?
8: I'm, I'm on the east coast. Well, not really coast. I'm in Ohio. Uh, oh, okay. Probably about, I don't know, an hour from Durves, about an hour and forty five minutes. Town called Worcester. Radical. Yeah.
1: Radical. Well, welcome.
8: It's getting cold here. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we we're
1: talking about that this morning. It sucks, doesn't it?
8: Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, we're experiencing fall. We're starting to get our fall days in, which is only going to last a couple of weeks before it's nine months of sludge. Ugh. So, yeah, I've been walking to work lately, enjoying the fall days, but I. Won't be able to do that soon because I'm looking out my window now and it is gray and dreary. So Mm. it's my time. Painting seasons arrived.
1: (laughs) News button and all, right? (laughs)
7: I'm I'm not looking forward to being soggy. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it has rained for four days here and I am so over it. And it's supposed to rain for most of the week.
1: No Sorry, bottom boys.
3: Soggy bottom. Soggy bottom socks. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Jeez, like nothing will ruin your day, like getting a little bit of water in your boot.
1: Oh yeah, totally. <laughs>
7: Seriously. <laughs> yes, like I have never yeah, gone no, no, no shoes pleasant- survive the winter. Yeah, it no, really I've never gone from such a pleasant mood to such a horrible mood in seconds just because of like a splash of a puddle got inside my boot oh, and it'll be so rest wet for the rest <laughs> of the day.
1: <laughs> it sucks so bad, dude. You're <laughs> in, and your one footed <laughs> cold isn't wet and the other one is like dry. You're like,
7: <laughs> horrible.
1: Are, you, are you in a bad mood? No, man, just one of my feet that's wet. Sorry,
5: <laughs> <laughs> only one.
1: Only one, yeah, exactly. Okay. Just one of them. And they're like, oh yeah, we relate, we get it. Um, so I had proposed the question earlier if uh, what you guys think is more important. Do you guys, do you guys rely on, on thumbnail sketches for your composition or do you find them better for your ideas or how does it work for you guys? And Fawn had talked about uh, the importance for her. I was wondering if you guys could kind of elaborate and see see where y'all were at with that question. as far as uh, composition. I, don't know. I
8: feel like it's more uh, more ideas I suppose I would say
1: more ideas
2: like for yeah. the drawing itself Yeah yeah Cool I use mine mostly for layout so if I'm struggling to say someone wants you know something you know, rather large scale. I always like to thumbnail first instead of sitting down and just starting to sketch super huge.
6: Yeah.
2: Um, I find that it really helps with layout and design principles. Um, just helps you get a better flow of it, you know, in the long run. Um, I don't really, I, I may take that concept and then I may, you know, tweak little things here and there, but. Generally speaking, I always like to lay out like a little nine square grid before I go through and do my final drawing. Rule of thirds, you know, left third, middle third, right third, top third, middle third, bottom third. And I try to make sure that there's going to be something interesting in each. Um, I think Jeff Gogwe talked about that in one of his older seminars. Uh, But, you know, I like to go through and do my thumbnails in that manner just so that I know it's going to be visually interesting and it's going to flow well. I know the general overall flow I want things to have. But by starting out super, super small, it allows you to really kind of break things down and say, well, I can't put that there because now that doesn't look right. And I can't do that there because now that doesn't look right. So what do I need to work on in what area? you know right so i I like it for more conceptual and layout design as opposed to you know like creating these super tiny little final renderings to say here's a whole bunch of different concepts yeah that's
1: well and being around you and working with you i've seen that your approach is very technical too you know what i mean yeah yeah
2: Um, i I tend to overdo the technical aspect a lot
1: (laughs) It's awesome though, man, because like, I mean, the, the first time that we laid out that back piece, it fit perfectly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. your approach to it was, we had the concept and then you were able to put it into the, the um, process that you use for your iPad. And man, dude, it was spot on. Like there was no reprinting stencil, nothing. It was just like, boom, right there. I was like, oh my God, this has never happened before ever. Yeah. So yeah. So it's pretty incredible to see that too. Like I, to be able to be around that, like mine, mine is pretty loose and things like that. You know what I mean? So it's definitely taken away some uh, of those, of those practices for myself and it's helped out quite a bit with the stencils, man. So it's awesome. Yeah. But, um, I do think that it is important though, like the shapes, you know what I mean? I keep going back to these simple shapes, you know what i mean and a lot of times people say draw smaller first and then make it large i'd like to try to make them large like just the largest part of the silhouette as possible you know what i mean to see how much space that's going to take up where it's going to lay on the, on the interesting part of the arm especially with us we're dealing with dimension as well you know as tattoo artists we're dealing with like the way things are going to warp the way things are going to wrap i mean how many times have you guys uh, drawn I agree. yeah how many times have you guys drawn up images and you go to lay them on the arm and it's like i got to move this entire part of the stencil because it's like the hand is like way longer than what it should be you know what i mean or like
8: yeah drawing that well, larger to begin with it, it already gives you an idea of what, how much space you're going to take in the first place yeah Why I, mean. I have that problem yeah
1: mm-hmm. yep um and then i think that's something that builds up for us as well over time and experience through going through those those um those problems when they arise you know either somebody teaches you about that to begin with, or like me, you kind of went through that process and had to learn that you had to draw a little bit differently because of it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's interesting because of my tattooing, I have learned to draw quite a bit differently than what I used to, for sure. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, you know, I moved around a lot. So I was just always in the corner drawing by myself, just copying everything I could, you know what I mean? And then trying to apply that same idea to a tattoo image was it's almost like night and day you know what I mean because of the fact that things do warp things do turn it does it is on a living organism you know what I mean so yeah what about you James? how do you approach it
6: um, well i you know I've, I kind of feel like it it does give you this god's eye point of view right so as you're um you're kind of like uh you're, you we always relate things to our body, you know, so especially like, uh, um, you know, when we encounter like a work of art, we're always sort of like, that's how we, you know, I I think that's how we sort of relate to it. Like, how big is it? Um, these sorts of ideas. So anyway, you know, when it's a thumbnail, you know, you can just move your hand ever so slightly and you have covered the whole ground, you know what I mean? As opposed to like, you're doing some huge work of art or like a huge tattoo or something like that, you know, where, you know, it's going to take all this effort and you're not going to really get very far. So um, the planning stages, the thumbnailing stages, I think are, um, it's something that it's easier said than done, you know what I mean? Because it really does like, it takes discipline to, to go through them. You know, you really want to get to the thing. You really want to get to the, to making the, you know, the work. You really want to get to the tattoo, whatever. Um, And so I think I've never regretted making thumbnails. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've never regretted going through the the design process. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, just like you said, I think through trial and error, through hard earned experience, like you, you can look back and, you know, you're, you're like, oh, I, well, I could have done this, or I could have done that. And these are, those are the questions I, you know, you want to try to, (laughs) you want to try to avoid that, right? You Mm -hmm. go through it in design phase, you go through the potential options in the design phase, and then um, you can be more confident when you, you know, when you're actually making that work. And that's, um, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's the way I, you know, I want to do it. I want to be better at doing it. I want to do my due diligence. Um, and it is, it's, it's, again, it's just easier said than done, but you know, the more you practice it, the more, uh, probably the more that you can implement it as a, as a really, you know, uh, as a, as a really effective tool. So.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, man. You know, and then I think one of the other things that I approach and I wanted to talk about today too, is like, um, uh, let's see the color, you know what I mean? I feel like I've always struggled with color, understanding it and such, you know what I mean? And I think that I gravitate towards black and gray more just because it feels a little bit more natural to me. I have been, you know, trying to break out of that, that mindset and approaching things with the idea of color. Um, in a much more like harmonious kind of way as far as color theory and things like that go. And I'm learning more about that uh, more, and more often. But I think for me, what I've found that works really well for me is uh, when I do a drawing, no matter what I'm going to do, I am thinking of color, but I I approach it in a black and gray um, in a black and gray approach, no matter what, like I'll flush out the entire drawing with black and gray tones. Um, And then I'll be thinking about like the color values that I'm going to instill into those darker areas or like the medium tone areas or the lightest tone areas. You know what I mean? Um, What do you guys, do you guys feel that you do the same thing or do you guys kind of approach an image right away with the idea of exactly where the color is gonna go? And does it fall into place a little bit easier for you just because you know a little bit more about color or how does it work? What do you think, Jason?
2: So I, I like to play around a lot more with, like, uh, color temperature than I think a lot of other people. Um, for me, my first instinct isn't necessarily looking at it in, like, a, a contrast perspective or, like, a monochromatic perspective. Immediately I'm thinking, what do I want to push forward? What do I want to push back? Because that's going to determine where my warm and cool tones are, no matter what color it is. So immediately, I'm thinking, where do I want to put emphasis? Um, you know, where is going to be my most saturated and pure color? Uh, what because once you have that determined based on where you want people like the focal point to be, that's where your most saturated, your brightest, and your most pure pigment should be. It's going to help draw the eye exactly where you want them to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it's like, okay, well, I know if I want this bright bright bumblebee yellow to really stand out here in this focal point. I know that this red area over here, well, that's going to get toned down. I know this blue over blue area over here, that's going to get toned down. This teal is going to get a bit dirtied up. Um, you know, these violets in the background, those are all going to get muddied up because I really want to maintain that, that purity of color right where I want people to look. Um, You know, so immediately, I'm not necessarily thinking about like contrast or, uh, you know, tonal value. I'm thinking more so about, or not tonal value. Sorry, I'm still waking up a little bit. Um, I'm not necessarily thinking about it in terms of like contrast. I'm immediately thinking about it in terms of where do I want people to look and What colors am I going to have to put around that to be complementary to that?
1: Right. Right. And it's interesting that you brought up the yellow because that's exactly what I was thinking whenever I was trying to propose the question was like, you know, my lighter tones in the black and gray drawing would be things like yellow or oranges and things like that, you know, like the lighter scale, lighter tones on the scale, you know what I mean? Or hotter or most hot, you know what I mean? Or most cool, right? And I, I agree after hanging out with you, I've started like defining those colors in that kind of a term in temperature rather than like a, rather than like the uh. scale, you know. So yeah. It's helped out a lot. It's helped me out quite a bit. Thinking of it in temperature for sure. And then like and then again, being a tattoo artist, man, you gotta <laughs> think about where's the black go? Where's well, the yeah. black? You know? Yeah what do you think james uh
6: color intensity is also a real um uh it would be the next sort of thing like temperature and intensity those are you know like those would be the uh, the things to try to balance um like so like how neutralized is that yellow versus you know like because you can have this really bright yellow and you can really contrast it with, with, with violet, you know, it's a purplish tone, but like, you know, it doesn't have to be this, you know, like totally garish, like, you know, intense purple next to it. It could be, could be, you know, closer to ochre, right? Like a, a neutralized yellow, like some, some yellow that's had violet added to it. And I think so in doing, um, uh, in, in trying to balance, balance things in that way, uh, again, you sort of, you start to bring these, you know, uh, various levels of emphasis, and then of course, like you know, uh, you're you're also going to balance the tonal value. You're also going to balance like uh, the composition in, in certain ways. Like like we're talking about, uh, you were alluding to it earlier. Like the only way that we can sort of see the, you know, the three dimensionality of form is because we're introducing light to something two dimensional, and and. We're you know you want to push things back you want to pull them forward, um, but of course like we're we're definitely going to have you know uh, more of that range of intensity of color of, of fullness of value like because it's closer to our focal point because it's our, closer to our eye rather right whatever wherever the viewer is in relation to uh, the objects within the, the you know the imagistic space. The, you know the closer we are to that picture plane the, the where the viewer is actually located you know in relation to all that stuff that's where you get the, the you know the most intense value you know, the most intense color the most the most range of tonal value and and that sets a that sets the range right so you can push things way back in the back and you can have like mountains that are kind of warmish right but they're way far in the back they're they still have they're cool in you know they're cooled by blues and such, and so um, yeah. I mean, it's it uh, it is it does get complicated, but it's this it, you know a simple relating of, of all those um, uh, of those of those basic harmonies that you start to create. You know this this visual music, right? A visual sort of uh, a, a space where there's there's space involved. Um, i mean i think that's it's hard it's harder to talk about it really just sounds more like poetry than i guess than Mm -hmm. like than practical you know what i'm saying yeah that's the crazy
1: thing about color that's the crazy thing about color man i've read books on it and stuff dude i've read like like theory on it and stuff dude and i'm just like wait i have to reread that entire last page again because i just got like lost dude entirely but i think I think what you're saying though is like in a simple form is usually where the light hits the object the most, that's going to be the most intense part of the of the color range
6: well, so we're, we're at like you know so we're always making an image based on some particular point of view yeah some, i mean you know what i mean like there's always some there's always an assumed spectator, an mm-hmm. eye that's looking at the that's looking at this you know tattoo and a a drawing and we're always assuming this so there's a position of a spectator looking at something and so we would arrange the space you know in such a way that like there's something that's close and then there's things that are further back and that you know um so again like if you if you could have things that are extreme foreground and they could be they may not get much light maybe they get an edge light or maybe they're like in shadow or something like that so they may be out of focus, right? Um, so you're right. It's like, it's, it's where the light is touching, but also the relationship of the viewer's point of, you know, a viewer's eye looking um, at, the, at these subjects and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you have to think about that stuff. Um, I mean, if, if, you, if you don't, then it's, then it becomes abstracted and idiosyncratic. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know what I mean? Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's, you know, th- those are playful spaces where, you know, like, like in in, in the early modern period, like uh, the Dutch paintings of, of, you know, like all the breakfast paintings, all the really sort of, you know, beautiful still lifes and stuff, every single element was incredibly detailed. Why? So that way you, as a viewer, could look at this lobster shell. And then you could go back and look at this, you know, engraved like metal piece, or you can go back and look at all these objects and like, look at them, you know what I mean? But if, as soon as you step back and look at the composition, it's like, it's becomes very busy. This was just the trade-off. It was known, you know what what they were doing that. So do you create this harmonious sort of image where you have one focal point? This is what, I think this is something we've been talking about today. Like you have this one sort of, you know, idea that gets pressed and everything else serves it, right? Or are you, or is it a concept you're serving, right? And all of the things, you know, are serving that, you know? And, and so each one is devotional, you know, is a meditation on this concept. Um, it's like people with, uh, people with like, with all the little tattoos all over, you know what I mean? Each individual one is a is a sticker and they're each like detailed out. You can go and you can look at each single tattoo and like that's a memory that's this I was there I was that right versus a whole body suit. You know what I mean? I think it's not that either one is right or wrong. It's just that these are two different approaches to the creation of an overall image and and just it's just the way that our minds work we can't we can only hold simplicity at once. So we're either looking at individual parts, right? Or we're looking at the whole thing, sort of bringing it together. And um, I don't know, I mean.
1: Yeah, that was just, really well put, man. I, I like it, I agree with Jason. Silent clap, silent clap. Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah I, was yeah,
8: just I about... always uh, I tended to tell my clients that placement is like a, almost like a trailer to a movie. You wanna, you only get that, that, that certain angle to catch what the entire tattoo is about, like when you're doing a sleeve or whatnot, like as a viewer, you're catching that one piece of that one snapshot in order to know what everything else is about. So that's what you want to, that's what you want to stand out and catch right away on the front part of it. Like uh, everything in the foreground is just the trailer to the movie, you know, without seeing the rest of the tattoo. That's cool. That's a good way to put it.
1: Great way to
3: look
1: at it.
8: It's true, like you know, if you got a big octopus going on and you only got one piece of a tentacle out front, hell, that could be anything for that matter. Um, But it it only interests them if they if they can tell at least remotely what it is in order to like getting closer to see the rest of the movie, you know?
1: Yeah, well, it's pretty cool because we're talking about priority now too. You know what I mean? Priority over subject matter. You know what I mean? And like like the overall the overall relationship to itself especially the placement especially the placement like guy talks about that a lot you know what I mean like if you're looking at a half sleeve and you see some some purple kind of weird bruised color looking out from the bottom of the the t-shirt sleeve that's the only thing that you're going to see is like some weird color you know what I mean like you have to yeah and, and and I remember not really thinking about it too much until I heard him start saying that you know what I mean it's like you have to have interesting parts throughout the throughout the composition but there has to be a sense of priority in order for the the piece to work as a whole too. and I think color and placement and you know range and things like that are definitely crucial whenever we're approaching these images and things like that too And you know I'm sitting here thinking and listening to Jane's talk and everybody talk and for some reason I keep thinking about like these pictures of Arizona sunsets, you know what I mean for example, you know, like way back in the mountain range, you'll see like these gray purples or these like light gray blues and things like that. And things kind of build up closer, the closer they come to us, the more intense that color ranges and things like that. You know what I mean? So it's that's, that's the way I kind of think about it. And I always try to like um, observe landscape paintings for that exact reason. You know what I mean? Especially when I'm thinking about depth um, in my images and things like that too. Um, and it's definitely sets a, a mood you know what I mean? It can definitely set a mood. It can definitely set the the timing and the tone that you take in the image and things like that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we did have tattoos by Chandler saying that he approaches things in a black and gray scale as well. And I think that that's worked out for it really well for me. What about you, Medusa? You're awake? You're waking up?
7: <laughs> <coughs> Hi. how do you feel Uh, about all this i um i was listening to james earlier and i was like (laughs) man dude i wish he was my dad i could (laughs) use i could use that wisdom in my life
3: you gotta Mm. get up early and
7: join us on Uh, monday actually fun fact fun fact I actually woke up on Monday, early AF, and was all like, oh, man, I should join the thing, and I turned uh, the live stream on on my TV, and I watched you guys for about a total of maybe 12 seconds, passed right back, oh, but you guys looked amazing, and I thought about it, but then uh, I slept, um, so sorry about that, but uh, yeah. No, uh, I'm agreeing a lot with what uh, James has been saying this whole time, especially when we're circling back to um, the thumbnails, <clears throat> they're a great idea, but I, when I try to do it, I don't have the discipline to do several thumbnails on a timer. It's really, really difficult for me, especially in guys' classes, even after doing it for like a year, I'm still struggling with the thumbnail part. Because as soon as I start sketching something down, I'm like, no, nah, this is it. This is it. And then I just want to go on that. I don't like to stop myself to make more thumbnails or to set timers. I don't have that discipline. I just want to go to the big project immediately. Um, I don't know if any of that's relevant. I have only had two... Sips of my energy drink. so
8: yeah that's what i was saying earlier that like uh, it's more of an idea for me as opposed to um like w- 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 what jason said because th- that's everything for him is to start off the thumbnails but for me i just i don't feel like i have the discipline either once i get the idea going then i'm all excited to get into everything else you know the bigger the bigger design yeah, and um, I feel
7: like that's also like yeah, something that James is pointing to as well. Um I uh, I'm really excited to see how Jason's working process is in person.
1: It's pretty it's cool. Just I, a fun, think
7: that'll be, I think that'll be really <laughs> a, really teaching but it was it's it's supposed to be an adjective it means
2: it teaches <laughs> uh,
1: is that what that means teachings
2: no. learning learners so my just- my whole process kind of varies from client to client unless I'm working on like an art project for myself in that case it's more about just working on you know trying not necessarily to perfect a technical ability but a lot of the stuff I do is more along the lines of like a color study or, um, you know, I, I try to go into everything that I do with a, a purpose in mind for lack of a better term. Right. Um, so, you know, first thing I want to do is identify a purpose like the, the tattoo machine painting that I started. Um, well, I haven't even actually started it yet. Um, on uh, Sunday, the one I was getting all laid out and transferred over, I went into that with a specific purpose and idea in mind. Right? And I went into that saying, okay, well, I've never painted a tattoo machine before. I've designed a few of them, but I, you know, sketched a few of them out, but never actually completed a painting of one. So I wanted to identify first and foremost, what is it I'm trying to tackle here? What is it I want to work on? What is my intention behind this? From there, it's like, okay, my intention is to create a clean, workable image um, with an antique, like, toned background, a couple of little details here and there, but nothing too super crazy, but I always try to identify the purpose first, right? Same thing if I'm going to go through and I'm going to lay out a sleeve, it's like, okay, cool, let's identify, like, what's going on here, what do we want to accomplish, what's our end goal? um guy comes in and says hey i want a sleeve cool first question is what do you want right cuz i'm not going to sit down and draw up a whole bio sleeve when they want koi fish right so unless you know what the intention is um you know you can take anything in any number of different directions and you can accomplish any number of different things so identifying that intention is okay now we've got a direction to move in now we've got to focus now let's go through okay you want one koi fish do you want two koi fish do you want water do you want uh rocks do you want um you know maple leaves or cherry blossoms falling in the background let's start to identify these things once you have that that concept that that principle the uh the intention identified that's when I can really start kicking into high gear and then moving outside of that. But without having that intention and that, that primary point of where I need to be focused, it literally the possibilities are endless. So I like to go into everything with that kind of a specific intention in mind. Um, That's where thumbnailing comes in, right? Okay. We've identified person comes in, they want, koi fish sleeve cool now i can go through and i can say okay well if we do two koi fish we can lay them out like this if we do three koi fish we can lay them out like this if you just want one big koi fish like a monster like you know super ancient like 600 year old massive koi fish (laughs) we can do that too and here's how that could look right and we could have like the tail fin wrapping all starting down at your arm and literally have the body wrapping completely around your arm as it's twisting around your arm that could look cool here's you know a couple of concepts for that so once i have that intention in mind that's where thumbnailing really really helps me as far as like layout and composition goes because someone comes in with an idea and a concept there's any number of different ways to execute it, right? Um, you say you want, you know, I, I default to like Japanese imagery just because I'm, they work very large scale. So it gives you a lot of options. Say someone comes in and says they want a dragon sleeve. Awesome. Let's get into that a little bit more. There's a lot going on here, right? Dragon sleeves are awesome. I'm all about them. Do you want one dragon, two dragons? How about a double-headed dragon? That could be cool, right? Do you want claws prominent? Do you want primary emphasis on the head and like a claw? Do you want both claws to be prominent? What are you thinking about for background? Like what's, what's your concept here, right? Narrow down your possibilities. Find your focus, find your intention. Once you've found that, you have a positive direction to move in. And then once you have that direction to move in, that's when you can start to branch out a little bit more. But unless you've got that like focused direction to move in, literally your possibilities are endless. And to me, that's very daunting. It's very overwhelming. So I try to eliminate that entire like overwhelming stage um, to really help focus on what it is I'm trying to accomplish. Um, From there, it's like, okay, cool. We've got our concept down. Now it's time to go through and start laying things out how do i want the waves to wrap how do i want you know counter flow to go what do i want to do with scales do i want to do black spots on the koi that could be cool that could be interesting um oh it's a cover-up yeah so we're gonna add a whole bunch of those black spots in there great awesome now i know it's a cover-up now i know i can go through and i know i'm gonna have to adjust my color palette slightly i know i'm gonna have to adjust my composition to compensate for that cover-up so once again, to me, my primary thing is finding that intention, finding that focus and that point of concentration from there. Once I've got that origin point, man, I can take it off and I can run in any number of different directions and you can change direction with style, right? You can go super traditional. You can go more neo-trad. You can go more realism. You can go in any number of different directions, but it all starts from that point of origin, that intention, that focus. So Hmm. that's just kind of the way that I start out looking at things.
1: That's a good way to to look at it, man. It's a good way to do it.
2: And this is me on like three sips of coffee, so if (laughs) that was not coherent, I apologize. I'm also like triple multitasking in the background so yeah got a couple things going on I'm still trying to get my prints laid out for um for the next show i'm working at i just i was up until two last night running prints um which i've got a brand new series of it's two sheets that are 16 by 20 so they're pretty big i didn't think yeah. they'd be that
1: big but hang
2: yeah but it's five designs on each sheet and I was thinking about just doing one big like 16 by like 32 print which could look cool but I just thought it was too busy and too overwhelming so I cut that down to a couple on each page and just blew the page up and they look really nice but I also want to provide some smaller ones so now it's like okay now I've got a figure out what i want to do for the smaller prints get those laid out correctly start running those because time's running out um and then it's like okay well do i need to order paper and, and so i've got like a thousand things going on in the background but um if you guys want i'll show you a uh, quick little preview of what the prints are actually going to look like
1: yeah absolutely let's check them out man i was gonna i was gonna ask if it's okay if we could see them too
2: yeah, I mean, I already have them printed, so if anyone wants to, wants any of these, um, <clears throat> let me know, and I'll run you off some. Otherwise, I was only planning on running off, like, five of each, doing a very small, limited run. Me, um, me. Yeah? All right, yeah. I'll send you some. Cool. I already got a tube set and ready to be mailed out to you, so I might as well.
1: Perfect. Just let Tool me know, and I'll Venmo, I'll Venmo yeah. you. Bro. Let's check them out, though, man. Let me, see if, let, me, let me see. Let me see if, if, no if I can do the
2: Jedi mind trick. Correct. <laughs> Your money is no good here.
1: My money is no good there.
2: Yeah, it worked. See, ugh, I knew it. I knew I was it a worked. Jedi. <laughs> Perfect, dude. Here is half sheet two. Okay, cool. So here is. Doo, 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 doo. So, this is uh, the first sheet that I did. Yeah, dude. Trying to play around with dualities. And, you know, I've got like poppies and like poison bottle over here. You know, and I've got some nice, like brighter flowers with like love potion over here. A couple of different, like, ornamental heart designs um, with a symmetrical flower in the middle just to help provide a little bit of balance. Um, for everything that's going on, so um, yeah, I really
1: dig that the way that bottle at the bottom left-hand corner. I really dig the way that one
2: turned out. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite designs.
3: I think that would be an awesome tattoo.
2: Well, once again, I, I, I don't all of this. My so my original intention behind this was just to come up with like fifteen to twenty brand new designs that I really want to tattoo at the show. And I was like, okay, well, a lot of people wanna know what it would look like if it was fully rendered. So I'll go through and I'll do color renderings of all of these Um, and keep in mind when I draw them out, they're three by five, three inches by five inches. They are not the, you know, almost 10 inches tall that each one of these is. Yeah. So, but that all comes down to like resolution, but that's planning in advance, right? um so drew all of these designs out and then i was like okay well you know what some of these would make for great prints how do i want to do this right and this is the other sheet that i i printed out that i'm doing you know once again playing around with like two of a kind so duality having these guys both looking at each other and then Mm -hmm. having two dragon claws in there these these two dragon claws were an absolute nightmare to lay out cause they're both diagonal designs and you're trying to put them in like a quadrant, right? That doesn't Mm -hmm. usually lend itself to very good composition. Um, Because you end up with a lot of open space, top and bottom. So then it's like, okay, well, what do I do? How do I fill that up? So did the best I could with it. Um, The prints turned out absolutely incredible. Uh, way better than I had anticipated, so hopefully I sell them. Um, but yeah. I've got those going on, and I'm working on this little guy for one of the smaller prints—a uh, little eight and a half by eleven prints. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, this is another design, Ricardo. I remember you helping me out with like um, some of the ideas because I had—I think I had just like a standardized honeycomb in the background that was all yeah. hexagon grids. And you were mm-hmm. like, dude, why don't, why don't you play around with that and change that up a little bit? Like, yeah. Make it less static.
1: You it know? looks cool. It's very cool, man.
2: So I think I'll run a couple of those off at you know, letter-sized, and I've got like, a whole folder of other stuff that I can pull off that I didn't include on those two sheets. So I've always got another project going on somewhere at any given point in time.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, busy you've been a busy
2: bee <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. got my new convention <laughs> banner made and i just got new stickers brand new stickers
1: yeah boy and they're shiny Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. man they love shiny.
2: them
1: people love those shiny stickers dude they're,
2: you they're have really... them in Philly. uh hopefully hopefully i should have plenty left i got like 250 of them so nice and they're nice. they're not they're not like super huge but they're big enough that they should catch some attention so that's cool but they also match my banner because i like having everything be continuous what is
7: that's everybody's I'm, I'm wondering what everybody is uh um convention circuit schedule is going to be for the next year I'm trying to pick up a lot more traveling opportunities I've been talking with Jason about that a lot and um, Lauren too and I was wondering what your guys's plans are like Ricardo are you are you going to be doing any conventions or traveling
1: Uh, for me this year, I don't think so. I don't think I'm gonna do very much traveling. I've gone down the guys a couple of times this year and earlier in April, we've gone out to uh, New Hampshire. Um, but I don't think I'm gonna be doing too much this year. Yep. Um, uh, I did so much the year before that I have to kind of like catch up a little bit more, you know what I mean? And then like, I was focusing on a lot of big projects and things like that here with my clients too. So it didn't really allow for financially. And then as far as time goes with tattoos uh, allow for a lot of extra time for travels this year well, that's okay because last year we did it big we did it real big last year i think i was out in philly area with jason three times last year was it two or three sounds about right yeah two or three the
2: first
3: time we met the philly convention
2: What's that? I think it was three times Philly, Gettysburg, and then uh, when you came up to do that collab back piece. Yep. Yeah.
7: Nice. Yeah. I, uh, um, I have something almost once a month until February.
2: Nice. Which
3: is February, it's oh. a Philly convention. You should come up.
2: It's actually uh, January this year. Is it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah a month uh,
7: earlier. I'm really excited because just a couple weeks ago, I mean maybe a couple weeks ago, I don't know what day it is, uh, maybe last week, I don't know, recently I hit my two-year tatterversary. Congratulations. Um, and I know that's like nothing to you guys, and I'm just a baby, but I am really proud of myself for not like rage quitting and sticking through with it. <laughs> And I'm uh, celebrating yeah. by taking, saying yes to opportunities offered. Cause fuck it, why not?
1: That's so, scary sometimes, isn't it? But it's awesome that you're doing it, man.
7: It's so scary. But I think as soon as I got that guest spotting at the same time as attending Health City and like 130 billion degrees weather <laughs> while taking care of my dog as well, out of the way for a weekend i was like i, I can fucking do anything
1: fuck yeah, yeah that's awesome to do,
7: yeah Good i've been you. talking to derb about getting a guest spot over at red tree maybe sometime in February, and um i'll see you in new Hampshire. no i'm still going out because i'll see you in new hampshire in April. Yeah. And in December, I'm gonna go check out the Puerto Rico tattoo convention.
2: Wild man. Yeah. Puerto Rico is gonna be awesome this year.
7: Next month is the Needle Jig Northeast meetup. So I think November and January are my only two empty months until April, because I do have something in March that's not tattoo related. Um, But yeah, might be tattoo related because I will be going to Oklahoma. So who knows, I might go swing by and say hi to Renee. There you go. That would be awesome. Yeah, I was wondering what everybody else's schedule is like uh, so I could see if I'll be seeing any of you guys in person
8: anytime soon.
5: So Derb and I were messaging about you, Medusa, when I found out you were messaging him about a guest spot. So he's really excited to have you come. Oh, really?
4: Yeah. <laughs>
5: cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're going to be like a shadow at Red Tree. We're excited to have you. Oh, that's,
7: that's
3: so nice. The people
5: are excited. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, cool. it would be cool if you could work out one of your guest spots, like I know you've got a dog and responsibilities, but if you could work out one of your guest spots so you could like travel with us too, like, cause you know, we've got true tubes events and red tree events and things like that. But if you could work out a guest spot, like at the same, like to overlap when we're going up to Detroit together, the motor city shows a blast. And we've got such a rad crew that we go up with. If you could, if you could coordinate <laughs> around a show like that, that would be even more fun.
7: That would be really cool. I'd love to know what that schedule is. The only reason I was thinking February is because that's kind of when business starts picking up after the holiday rush and after the New Year's resolutions. February
5: is also my birthday month. So yeah, I was I all do.
7: like, get me out of here for my birthday.
5: <laughs> I, I think the Motor City show is either at the end of February or beginning of March this coming year. I've looked at so many dates, everything blends together. but But that would be a really cool thing if you could come come out and play with us and then travel and go on the road with us while you're out here
7: i would absolutely love that actually like, i was just also texting lauren yesterday i was like maybe i should just move out to the east coast like pull of kyle bernstein man look how it worked for him
0: hey, i tired,
7: tired of waking up at 6 a.m just to see you guys on a short phone call <laughs>
5: I do happen to know that Derb would love to have more female tattooers on staff. I'm just throwing that out there. Anybody who's listening.
0: We've Ayo. got Corey Waj-
5: Lodge <laughs> and um, Servena, obviously, but he, Derb, like, loves female tattooers and just loves encouraging us. He loves, like, getting women together to, like, encourage other women. So it's a really neat thing. Um, so any, any female tattooers that are listening. We really like ladies at Red Tree.
3: Hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the worst
2: thing Wait. on this time. What? Hey, Fawn. Which... Fawn, what? do you know if they have uh, dates for Hell City this coming year? Do you know if that's been decided yet?
0: It has. Have...
5: I should
2: know. Hey, this... My head, but I smoke they a lot. They
0: posted them already. Jason, you can look on their story. They just posted it, like, yesterday. I, I know they did um yeah they're, they're accepting yeah uh, they did
8: post it yesterday i seen
2: it there i'm not missing that this year Hell city yeah
5: <laughs> i mean even if you don't have a booth come out and play mm-hmm. that's what i did well
2: i, I just need to make I sure did. i get my dates in for that because this past year there was a conflict with the studio owner so i managed the studio it's me and him we close we open we do everything And he was going to be out that entire two, like the week before and the week after, Um, like the entire time he was gone. So it was up to me to run the studio in his absence. So I didn't even have the option to make it out this year because he was already going to be gone. Um, That's why I'm trying to get everything in in advance. This should be more than enough notice so that I don't have to miss that. Um, and if for some reason something still comes up and I still can't make it, I'm going to be insanely pissed and I'll just close the studio. Um, <laughs> I'm not missing it this year. That, that is not happening at all in any way. Um, good. We're yeah. going to hold you to it. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'm excited I'll to see you next weekend, though. my hotel Oh uh, yeah, weekend, oh, resurrection. Yeah, well, not yeah. So not this coming weekend, but the next one.
0: Yeah, yeah, um,
2: next. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I'm. I've got like a whole new convention booth layout that I'm gonna be playing around with. Um, like as far as like displaying merch and then business cards, the whole nine. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Um, because it's gonna be the first time I'm trying this kind of a layout, but it it should work pretty well from what i think i've like i don't know i've been like brainstorming and thinking about this for like two months now like how do i want things to be displayed how do i I can't do this like this because then that'll cut this off so it's like i always like the challenge of you know displays and like i love walking around at different shows and seeing the way that different people have things out um you know as far as you know do you want to buy merch? Do you want to buy a t-shirt? Do you want to buy prints? Do you want to, you know, do whatever? Um, so for me, it's always a challenge um, just seeing what other people are doing and like, what's the best way to come up with an idea on how to do this, but still maximize your space. Um, and that's that, where, like, just... Go ahead. Where I was gonna say that's where True Tubes really hit the nail on the head with um, those, uh, the like True Tubes like tray And like their ink trays on like the little true tubes, like
7: on the attachment for the armrest? Yeah. Yes, I got one. It's amazing.
2: Mind blown. Like
7: how did such an obvious concept not already like exist? Holy fuck. Like I got
2: so jealous of Ricardo when he found someone at Philly one year that sold one. Uh, they had one. They were selling it. They were just trying to like offload it or whatever. And uh, he came back with it, and I'm like, You asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's you super- asshole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I didn't
1: have an armrest, remember? So I had to go buy yeah. an armrest, and then they were selling that attachment with it. I was like, I'll take the whole bunch, please.
8: <laughs> yeah. It works out I, great.
1: I still use I it just, at the shop, too, man. I yeah.
7: just recently got myself the true armrest. I love the swivel top. I love it so much. Um, and I got that little attachment. I got, um, accidentally, I clicked the tray thing twice, so I got two trays. Um, so one of them's at work, and one of them's in my bathroom where I put my makeup that I never yeah. and uh <laughs> And uh, it's, it's like first day that I got it, after assembling everything, everybody in the shop was like, A little, a little envious of me. (laughs) I felt like daddy. (laughs) Armrest daddy.
5: (laughs) When you come to Red Tree Medusa, I can show you my setup. It'll blow your mind even more.
7: I am stoked. Yeah, but oh yeah, I wanted to circle back around the uh, idea of going to conventions just to play. Like I don't expect to be at a skill level or to be invited to work any conventions anytime soon. But I'm trying to hit up as many as I can for networking purposes, for playing, for hanging out with people, just like I did at Hell City. I wasn't working at Hell City. I got a a guest spot in town, just down the street. Now, the cool thing about going, traveling for conventions just to play and not actually having to work them is that you can leave. You can leave when you're tired. (laughs) yes I found, I found a corner at hell city like this little <laughs> closet that didn't have a light in it but had a water fountain i could go there anytime i was over simulated and, and like power <laughs> down and then uh yeah when the night was getting down and everybody was settling out i could just hail a cab and be all like bye
1: i'm out or yeah. hit the
7: grocery store yes spend a lot of money at the grocery store because we were avoiding spending a lot of money at the restaurant Mm. lauren and i had the most amazing um salad thing
0: yeah that's pretty funny (laughs) i bought guys always bring food to conventions just in case yeah pop tarts yeah pop tarts for
1: sure right jason
2: Poppers Pocket knives and avocados.
0: Pocket Jason
2: knives,
7: avocados. I yeah. actually bought cotton candy grapes recently, and I thought about you, Lauren. They, so are good. So good.
1: Oh, yeah, they are so
8: good. Those things are great. Yeah,
7: it's cotton it's, candy
8: grapes. I did like them. Amazing. I didn't like them. Jason.
1: <laughs> Jason. Well,
2: they were too well, sweet Jason, for me. You're All wrong. right, that's it. Show's over. <laughs> <Bye-bye>. <laughs> on that note i do have to get going because i got an all-day appointment i gotta head to the studio and prep for so
1: likewise yeah Could, this has been a blast couldn't guys. get behind
2: the cotton candy grapes yeah really
0: jason there. yeah but we're you did get behind it. the pop-tarts so oh I think
2: yeah we're gonna leave it i got on a sour for note. Days.
8: <laughs> they had pop-tart grapes. that'd be better oh my god can you imagine
1: pop-tart grapes you just smash <laughs> them oh, together uh,
8: every like flavor
1: Well, cool. We want to start uh, giving some sign-offs here. Jason, go ahead and start with you since you got to go.
2: Oh, You guys don't have to stop, but um, if anyone wanted to get a hold of me, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Philly Inc. You can find me on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group uh, here live at the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Thank you, everyone, for having me on today and for a great discussion. Sorry I'm still a little bit tired, but yeah, you know, it happens sometimes. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot, everyone. Take care. Hope everyone has a great day today. Take it easy, man. Thanks for joining. Hi,
0: Jason. Us. Later, Gator.
1: Amber?
3: Sure. As always, I'm Amber Morgane. You can find me on Instagram under Amber Morgane and on Facebook under Looking Glass Inc. I N K or under Amber Morgane Originals.
1: Killer. Thank you for joining again today. Appreciate it.
3: Thank you for having me. I love it. Yep. See you, Amber. Whitney,
1: Whitney, how uh, can we get a hold yeah.
8: of you? Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Um, you can get a hold of me at Um, or you can uh, get a hold of me on Facebook at, at Iron Rose Tattoo Company. Uh, and there's tattoo.com too. Um, thanks a lot for having me. I uh, I'm sorry I'm late, but hopefully next time I'll get there in time to have a a discussion with you guys
1: no it was awesome having you thanks for joining us
8: you're welcome thank you
1: yep medusa
8: hi i'm
7: medusa let's
1: keep chatting after the boys
7: leave and uh you can
8: <laughs>
7: <laughs> and you can catch me at medusaslays.com and um also on instagram Slays with three s's at
1: the end <laughs> I like crack me up every time, man. Every time. Me
7: too. <laughs> I, have to, I have to sound it out. There's three S's at the end on the Instagram one because apparently there's already a Medusa Slays with like four pictures and no followers that won't respond to my messages.
5: Medusa, I have remembered your Instagram handle from the very first time you said it when we were at Jiminy Peak last year together. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Slays with yeah, three S's. I was like, golden.
1: Yep. <laughs> is like,
7: it's, like, it's like
5: Medusa Slays.
7: Just <laughs> yeah, so you guys know.
1: <laughs> Killer. Uh Fawn, would you like to say something?
5: <laughs> um you guys can find me at Fawn underscore Baker on Instagram or you can catch me every Thursday at 6 PM uh with Tattoo Collecting 101. We talk about tattoos we talk about all kinds of stuff but tune in learn by accident
1: <laughs>
6: killer james cool uh thanks ricardo for having me and uh thanks everybody for a great conversation today i'm james wisdom uh you can find me on uh, monday mornings at, at 9 a.m eastern uh drawing for tattooers is the show um, and everybody's welcome. Really, uh, the more the merrier, really. So, uh, again, uh, thank you so much, everybody. We'll uh, see you soon.
1: Yeah, killer, man. Thank you for joining. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, my name is Ricardo Certevant. Uh You guys can catch me here every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, you can get a hold of me on Instagram at Ricardo Cervantes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining today. I appreciate the conversation. It was great. Um, I always look forward to seeing everybody and participating. Um, again, Lauren, thank you so much for all your technical help. Couldn't be here without you, girl. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, the replay will be up on Reinventing the Tattoo. Also, a lot of these replays, don't forget to find on our Roku channel. Um, put it on in your, in your workstation or in the front. Um, and we'll see you guys all again next week. Peace. Bye. Bye, everybody.
3: See you, Medusa. Hey, hit me up later, Medusa.